Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. I'm here today with Krista Miller. Krista teaches online business owners to skyrocket their revenue, grow their email list, become leaders, and make mutually beneficial connections through online summits. These aren't summits that leave speakers and attendees feeling gross and taken advantage of. Her method is focused on strong connections, collaborations, and making a difference in the lives of everyone involved. So I'm so excited to have Krista here today to chat all about the five steps to your first profitable online summit. So let's just dive right in. Hey, Crystal, welcome to the show. I'm excited that you're here and I cannot wait to chat all about virtual summits with you. So before we dive into the episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and just how you got started doing it all. Yeah, so I started my first business in September 2015 uh, and I was doing uh, WordPress development basically and I still do that. But a few years in, I guess about three, two or three years in, I kind of got to a point where I felt stuck. Like I had positioned myself definitely as an expert as far as developers go. Um, I had a lot of great connections. I had a full client schedule, but I just felt like my income is not going anywhere. My email list is like growing by one or two a day, but I also like lose one a day. (laughs) So email list isn't growing. I just felt so stuck. And, And then of course, new ideas always come when I'm driving. So I was driving one day and I thought about hosting a summit. It's like, no, I can't do that. Like I'm just this developer. Like, yeah, I have an okay audience, whatever. I'm not scared of big things, but if I pitch speakers for that, they're just going to laugh at me. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, but I was part of a really amazing coaching program and I accidentally told them and then I decided I was hosting a summit. So, um, you know, I planned for a few months and launched the summit that went so much better than I expected. Uh, I was expecting to make, my goal was $3,000 and I ended up making 16,000 the very first time. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. (laughs) And I'm one of those like super ultra organized people. Uh, So my summit went off really, it went really well, even though it was my first time. And afterwards I had all these people, including my speakers, like, can you teach me how to do this? Can you do this for me? How did you do this? And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to do this. And one thing led to another. And I started a business teaching people how to run online summits. Uh, and it's been so fun. And I'm glad, so I'm glad I finally broke down and did it because I had a step-by-step system that worked very well from that first summit. So I've been able to tweak it and test it some more and now help other people do the same thing. And it's been so fun. That's awesome. And I, I feel that completely with like, having a business and then getting to the point where you're just like, okay, yeah. I feel like I'm kind of stuck. I want to do something else. Like I don't want to completely abandon this, but there's something more that I'm meant to do. And I've been there too. And I've, yeah. I've expanded too. And ha- I have a second business as well with one of my um, good friends. So we have our business too. So it's definitely one of those things. It's like, you just need a change and you don't know what that change is going to be, but yeah. then it turns into something. You're like, wow, this is awesome. And it's just, it's, it's nice because it gives you kind of, a change of pace for what you're doing every day. And I don't know, I just like variety. And I felt like at, after a while, it, I wasn't getting that variety. And I can imagine that's how you probably felt too. Cause you're like, okay, I'm just doing the same thing day in, day out. What, like, what's 
you know, I need new stuff to happen. So. Yeah, exactly. From one-on-one client work and then throw this big event in. It was definitely nice to change up the pace. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. So for people who don't know what a virtual summit is, I'm pretty sure most people do, but you know, there might be some people who've never heard of it before. So what is a virtual summit and how can we decide that um, hosting a summit is going to fit into our strategy overall. Cause some people are like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea, but how can like this actually be beneficial for me and my business? Yeah, for sure. So even for anyone who has heard of a summit, I challenge you to let yourself think a little differently about it. Cause I think some people who teach about summits, they teach them to be so marketing heavy and just kind of gross. So the way I like to think of a summit is basically like an in-person conference, except online. So you have a group of experts coming together to teach a topic for a combined audience. Uh, there should be some kind of um, like community aspect to it to make it fun. Uh, usually registration is free for a lot of them, but you're going to sell something on the back end. Um, and it's, it's just this amazing big event where you can provide a ton of value, bring a whole bunch of experts together, and just provide this amazing experience. Um, as for how to know if, it, if it's a good fit, if it will fit with your business, I think a summit is something that's a good fit if you are established already and you already have a product or a service that sells. You know, you have systems in place, your business is up and running, you're not still feeling like you're guessing at things. That's who a summit should be uh, coming from. Um, I also think it's great if you've already kind of stepped up as a leader, even if you don't have a huge following yet, you are acting as a leader in your industry and, and for your audience. Uh, you definitely have to be organized. Um, and I think you need to have that drive to do something that's going to bring you to whatever that next level is for you, whether it's, you know, uh, booking out your services more in advance, hitting a next level of income, growing your email list by a whole lot more than you're used to, connecting with new people. Um, you know, you need to have that drive to up-level yourself because that's what's going to happen through a summit. Totally. Yeah. And I agree with that completely. Like you kind of have to have like an audience semi built in. Otherwise you are not going to experience the results that you want to because people are just getting to know you and they don't know if you're credible yet. Um, and I love the point about our organization because I've been in summits and I obviously have hosted my own summit and some, some of the summits I've been in, like we were so disorganized. Like, we didn't get the materials until like two days before the summit went live. And I was like, how am I supposed to schedule this in advance? Like, yeah. you know, I have other things to do. And I wanted to help the person out, obviously. So I ended up still promoting, but it was just like, such a like it was just very disorganized and it made me feel bad for the person because obviously they wanted result good results but you're not going to get good results if you're only giving your people two days before the actual summit starts to promote or someone literally emailed us the day of too i've had that happen. oh no 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 <laughs> and yeah at point, I'm like i don't even know if i i feel bad but i don't even know if i want to help you because no, you for sure you didn't really give us that same courtesy to help us by giving it in advance. I'm not saying we need it like three months in advance, but at least like two weeks to a month out, I would say is a good fit. Um, you know, for me, at least other people might need more time, but yeah, it was just, it was crazy. I was like, Oh, this poor girl, like she's probably not going to get the result she wants because she even does it the day before or the day of or whatever it was. It was very close to it. And I just felt really bad, but at the same time, I was yeah. Like, 
Yeah, I've even had some of my speakers tell me that my summit is the only one they'll do because they've had such bad experiences with people. And I think that just goes to show, you know, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but like you have to have a process and have your your stuff together before you can go ahead and run a summit. Because yeah, that just sounds like a nightmare to me trying to get stuff from speakers a couple of days in advance. Like, no, thank you. No, no. And it's like a long <laughs> process, especially like if you have like upwards of like 20 speakers yep a lot of people to get in contact with and obviously not everyone has a 24-hour response time um mm-hmm. because everyone's busy so it's just like one of those things like you need to be yeah. prepared and that just really killed me too because I was like I've hosted a summit before and like I'm not saying I'm the pro but I at least had like this is when we're sending the materials to people and this is when this is happening so they yep. at least had at least two weeks if not more in advance mm-hmm. um, so yeah but so let's just dive in to the next question. So how can running a virtual summit be a game changer for our business? Like what can it provide us? I know you kind of mentioned um, some income and things like that, but what else can we get from that? And what can our speakers get from that as well? Yeah, uh, a summit can be just so huge in so many ways. Um, you know, one really powerful thing to think about is say you do have 20 speakers all of those people who I'm guessing are at least, you know, somewhat experts in the industry are driving people to you right there. No matter what your goal is, that is absolutely huge. No matter what your list size is, you're going to see results just from that. Um, And with that, with your summit, you're providing so much free value for those new people. It's like, boom, trust is built. They see you as an expert. They want what you've got. They trust what you're saying. Like, it's such a powerful way to bring in new people and, you know, even convert them right away. Like, converting people through a summit is not that hard. Uh, Conversion rates can be crazy high if you do it right, which is something I feel like we're going to keep coming back to over and over. Like, side note, if you do it right, this will happen. Um, You know, you just have the instant expert status. the the email list growth can be huge, you know, especially if you feel like you're you know in ConvertKit, log in and you see that little graph, and sometimes <laughs> it just looks kind of sad, and you can just see such a great boost from something like this. Um, so many new powerful connections with other experts in your industry that just carry on for years to come. So many people to collaborate with, and uh, it's just it's just so good in so many ways. And even from my first summit, which has been. Uh, over a year ago now, like there's still people that reach out to me for collaborations and client projects because of that one summit. Like it just keeps, I feel like there's just a return that just keeps coming like indefinitely. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Cause with ours now we're bringing the people that were um, on the summit into being guests on our podcast. We have a uh, joint podcast as well. So, and, and even so I could get some of those people to come onto my podcast and things like that. And it just gives more opportunity for collaboration. That's like my favorite part about it. I think like, I don't care about the money. I don't care about the email list. I mean, it's nice, but the connections are really valuable to yes. me. I think it's really good to, if you're kind of like in that spot where you're like, okay, I really want, I, I feel like I have a good audience, but I really want to grow. Um, mm-hmm. I think a summit is a great way to do that because you're able to expand your audience, make more connections with people. And once you make those new connections with people, then you continue to expand your audience for months and years to come. Like you said. Yes, exactly. So I know we said we were going to be talking about the five steps to a profitable summit. Um, so do you want to just dive into those five steps with me? Um, you can just go like step one and then we can chat. Step two, we can chat, that kind of thing. Let's do it. So 
I think step one is something that a lot of people will hear and they're going to roll their eyes at, but I want you guys to stick with me because even though it sounds basic, it is so incredibly important if you want big results, whatever those results look like. And that is choosing an actual niche and topic for your summit specifically. Uh, and I feel like the biggest mistake people make, especially people who maybe don't have a huge audience to begin with, is skipping this step. Uh, of course, if you have hundreds of thousands of people in your audience and you make a really vague summit, you're going to get results because you have so many people to deal with. Um, but if you don't, you're not going to really attract anybody. Um, so for choosing a niche, I always tell people to take their current audience for their business or a subset of those people if you can. These are people you know 100% that you can help. And of course, any offering that you wanna sell through your summit is going to relate to these people. Um, and I think something that people, like in, in case people want an example, something to avoid is something like creative business owner. But a better example is something like brand designer, lifestyle blogger, wedding photographer. Like getting really specific on a type of person is so important. Uh, and then kind of step two of that is a topic and you want to look at your niche you chose and find the biggest problem that those people have and solving that problem is the theme of your summit. And then you can have your presentations based off of that topic. Um, and you know, those are so important because then those people are going to see your summit. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, I need that. Instead of just like, oh, you know, that's kind of something vague. No, they need what you have to offer. Um, and it's just something that I see so many people skipping. And I think it's something that it really can make or break your results. I know I wouldn't have had a very successful first summit if I would have skipped that step and just tried to market kind of to everybody with a like, getting started with online business kind of topic, which I mean, I see a lot of people do and it can be done successfully. Like I said, if you already have a huge audience to begin with. Totally makes sense. Yeah. I, I know that the more niche ones do a lot better versus just like every business, business owner ever. If you, if you sell handmade products, it works for you. If you sell products, it works for right. you. Things like that. Um, so ours was like kind of like vague with the topics, mm -hmm. but it was for service-based business owners. So it was kind of a little yeah. more niche. That, so it was like, just like, here you go, service-based business owners. Um, I think that's really key. And um, I think even with us next year, just kind of niching it down even further, like, you know, making that even the tagline, like for service-based business owners. So people know yeah. this is for you if you are X, Y, Z, not exactly. Um, so that's definitely something to keep in mind. So what is step number two? So step two for me is setting up your website. And this is before you're thinking about speakers, before anything, you've got to start getting things ready. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't have to be 100% ready right away, but this is the second thing to think about. So we're talking about things like your registration page, uh, your thank you page, or where you're going to be making an upsell if you're something through your summit. Um, a page for you to send speakers when you're pitching them with all of the information they need a page with the summit schedule, a page for you to host presentations on. Terms and privacy policy are super, super important, especially if you're going to be sharing the email list at all with your speakers. Um, those are the big, really important ones. I'm happy to break any of them down if you want. Um, but getting those at least started before you reach out to speakers can help increase your like yes rate a lot because you're going to look a lot more put together and they're going to have a lot of lot more information from you up front. Totally. Yeah, I agree with that. So we kind of had something similar. We had like the skeleton of the website, like here's the dates that it's going to be. Here's like all the information for the speakers. Um, we didn't actually have like the schedule schedule because it was like that was dependent on who was going to be in it. <laughs> but um, yeah, we had like all the details, like literally like 
we need this information by XYZ. We need this information by this date. Um, so people like wouldn't sign up and then ghost us, which actually they, yep. there were people who did, <laughs> which is why we, uh, both me and my business partner ended up being a last minute addition because <laughs> yeah. we just like free didn't, they didn't respond and we we're just like, whatever. So we'll fill this space with these people. Cause they were like, yeah, we'll get you the presentation. So we gave them like a little bit of a buffer and then they just literally ghosted and never yeah. responded to emails. I'm like, who, like, who does that? It's a a backup plan is important. <laughs> it's a visibility opportunity. Like who does that? But yeah, so we just, we ended up participating in the summit, which wasn't initially in the plan, but it was nice because then we were both able to share our personal expertise as well. So it ends up being a win, but it was kind of like hectic last minute trying to figure out like, okay, what are we going to talk about? How are we going to fit this in? You know, for sure. I ended up doing that for uh, both of my bigger summits as well as I ended up throwing myself in last minute each year I had one speaker who dropped out for one reason or another and they didn't they didn't ghost luckily that's just so annoying but a backup plan in some regard is always a good thing to have yeah yeah we just didn't want to have like a gap because I felt like that would kind of ruin the flow so we yep kind of like I she had like about a 45 minute presentation and I had about a 20 minute slot so I just I went and did whatever I did and she went and did hers and it just helps the flow. So it wasn't like, yeah. here's a random gap in the middle. <laughs> Lunch break. <laughs> but I was just like, I felt really, I was, I was kind of annoyed by that person that goes, it was like, what, I mean, what can you do? It's right. It, oh, for sure. Now you just know that that person is not going to be a good fit in the future and you put them on your blacklist and just yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> cool. All right. So step three for me, at least, is then selecting, connecting with, and pitching your speakers. So you know your niche and topic. You have your website, you know, at least in a presentable state, even if all the information isn't there. That's when you can really say, okay, what kind of topics do I want discussed? Who's going to be a good fit for those things? And I think something important to think about when you're reaching out to speakers is that content is definitely more important than numbers. And something else to keep in mind is you could pitch a speaker who has a huge audience. You could even send a contract, which I've seen some people do that say you have to share with your audience. They might not share. So do not depend on these big audiences to get you things. A lot of times it's going to be those small but mighty audiences that get you the best results. So look for those people who have amazing content. Uh, I also like to encourage people to reach out to people you think are going to say no, because a summit is really a great opportunity for people. Uh, and a lot of people you think will say no will actually say yes. You know, if the pitch is right, if you have all the information they need up front. So see how many no's you can get. That's a good challenge for you because you know you're kind of stretching yourself and, you know, reaching out to those scary people is a good thing to do. Um, but as for how to find speakers, and I'd love to hear if you did anything different uh, for your summit, but I like to find speakers by starting with people I'm already connected with. And like a little trick I do is looking back through my emails and Instagram DMs to see like, who are some people that I've connected with who are really amazing and smart that I'm, that might not be at the top of my mind right now. Uh, that's a good thing to do. Uh, just looking at industry experts, finding successful people within your own target audience can make a really great presentation, uh, getting recommendations from like mastermind or business friends, and then asking your audience who they want to hear about on a specific topic can be really powerful too. Um, but before you pitch anyone, if you have not talked to them before, please spend a couple weeks connecting with them on social media. It can be super casual. You can be like replying to Instagram stories or whatever, uh, but you're going to get yeses a lot more often if you at least have some kind of connection and then you can go ahead and make that ask. Totally. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So do you handpick all of your speakers that you were going to have in your summit? 
I do every single one. Cool. Yeah, that's really cool. So we kind of did a mix of both. We did some of them were handpicked, like the bigger ones. So we knew all pretty much all of our bigger people, like our keynote people. And then for the um, the more of the what's it called just like the 15 minute, you know. Yeah, did you like breakout session? Yeah. yeah I was like, what is the name? <laughs> so we, we let those be like kind of a, just an application process, which was kind of cool because then it opened us to new people that we had never heard about before. And they ended, it ended up being really good to have like, you know, a mix of people that we already kind of knew and newer people. And, you know, we gave them like the 15 minute presentation. So it wasn't like anything crazy, but yeah. um, I, I mean, I like doing that. I think next year we might handpick even more or everyone, but I thought it was fun to, cause it was really fun to get the applications in. Like I was really excited to go through the applications with my partner every day and look at everything. Yeah. You know, look who applied for this or like who to get super stoked when like a bigger person would apply. Cause we were like, you know, we didn't even have to reach out to them. Like, woo, this is exciting. So I don't know if we're going to like keep that whole process, but I mean, I, I thought it was kind of fun. Um, yeah. I, you know, I love the application idea because then you can't, you do have that opportunity to kind of vet them a little bit, make sure yeah. they have good stuff that you're, they're going to give you a good presentation. And after actually, now that you see that I did have four breakout sessions this year uh-huh. and for those, I did go into a, a paid community I was in and ask for people who wanted to be a part of it. And I am glad I did that for them because there were topics I wouldn't have thought of myself. So mm-hmm. all my like main speakers, like I sounds like just like you were handpicked, but I did have, I tried out four breakout speakers and they were all a big hit. So I forgot about that. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's fun. I think we might continue to do like the smaller sessions as application only because I don't want to like exclude anyone who is, doesn't have like a lot of experience, but like with summits and speaking and stuff like that, and they aren't super well known, but if they have really good information and we like kind of look at it beforehand, it's, I like giving people opportunities because in the yeah. past, um, me and my business partner have been giving opportunities when we were newer. So, um, we kind of wanted to give people that chance. So yeah, I love that. I'm not I sure love that too. we'll continue that, but I thought it was really fun. Um, but one thing that we would want to do next year is we were just kind of like accepting them on a rolling basis and we would like go in and see like, Oh, this sounds great. But then like three days later, another person would apply and like they were, might've been a better fit for like, yeah. cool. but we already like said, Hey, like you're a good <laughs> Obviously, you can't take that back. So, like, I think next year we would have, like, a period and just, like, we would go in and look at them every day and get excited about it, but not actually, like, commit to anyone. Just, like, right, yes, we like her or whatever. Um, Yeah. Like, you know, accepting everyone. Um, We would would probably send out emails, like, once a day because we'd get excited. We'd want to say, hey. I know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think maybe just, like, giving it a, you know, maybe a week period and then yeah. back and looking at it and then picking that way would have been a lot better, but what can you do? But it was so fun. Yeah. Uh, so what is your fourth step? So my fourth step is to create your offer. Um, and I mean, technically this is optional, but I think it's really a missed opportunity if the tech doesn't scare you. So I really think an offer should be a part of it. And it's so, so worth it. Even if income is not if even if income isn't part of your goals at all, uh, this is still worth it. And the easiest option is just to do lifetime access to the presentation replays. Uh, and this way you're at least getting paid to host those videos somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if you do it at a low price uh, and it just, it provides so much extra value to people to have a place where they can go log in anytime and watch these videos and they're all over it. 
Um, at least in my experience, people love that opportunity. Um, but that does mean your website needs a few more things like a sales page, cart, checkout, a uh, place for them to access the product, all that good stuff. Um, but if that doesn't scare you, a product is a great way to do it. And I even recommend giving a limited time special offer right after someone signs up for the summit. So maybe even like 50% off mm-hmm. for 15 minutes. Yep. That is going to get people clicking that buy button real fast. Yep. Um, so an offer is such a big part of it. And something I would hate to see someone skip if the tech isn't terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we did too. We had like kind of the, the tripwire type situation and it, that was like where most of the purchases ended up coming from because people were like, oh my God, that's such a good deal. Can't pass it up. Um, did you do a giveaway with any of yours too or was it uh, all access pass? Yeah, I did. Uh, well, oh, you mean like a giveaway, like a bundled giveaway? Yeah. Uh, no, my, although my, uh, the thing I sell actually includes a big bundle of paid resources from the speakers. So they kind of get that built in. I do do prizes, which I actually is my next step, uh, but I didn't do a giveaway this time. Did you, did you guys do a giveaway? We did. We did. And it was really, it was really good. Uh, so it was kind of similar to yours. Like when you purchase, you get that. But what we did was we did a giveaway for every single speaker had a paid product that they give away. And then every person who purchase the upgrade would be entered to win um so they had like that was the incentive like you get these videos no matter what but you are pretty likely to win a product because we actually we had 40 speakers so nice this is a lot of people (laughs) that was a lot of people managed but we had two people so it was like a little easier yeah half i take half (laughs) right um but yeah so we did that we really liked the giveaway aspect and people really um had good things to say about it there was one person that was like the prize I won wasn't applicable to me but I'm like yeah there's always those people that's another real fun thing about a summit is those are you serious it's free I mean it's not free like you didn't have to win the prize like someone else could have won it and I wish they would have because yeah about it but yeah because we did like an anonymous survey after the fact and we were like you know we want to hear your feedback make sure like everything was like that you liked everything we did it for both our speakers and the attendees and that was like one of the things I'm like it is a giveaway prize (laughs) most people kill me it's just like oh yeah it's gonna be some of them but and I was like what, how much do you want to bet that this person like was the, one of the per- people who purchased with the 15 minute tripwire? Like yep. it was most likely. That. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. Yep. They, they can be special. <laughs> most of them are amazing, but there's a few special ones mixed yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So, and then your last step. And then my last step is encouraging engagement. Um, and this one might seem silly, but it can really just increase your results by so, so much. Like you're somewhat successful truly skyrocket if people stay engaged throughout the entire event. Um, And you know, the more engaged your speakers and attendees are, the more success you'll see throughout it. Um, And I think you should keep it simple if it's your first time. But things to think about are things like a free community, like probably a Facebook group, Mm -hmm. starting and facilitating conversations within that group to get people talking and engaged and meeting each other and having fun. Um, Extra surprise bonuses like trainings or quizzes to help them decide which presentation to go to or free extra freebies. Uh, People love the heck out of that and that gets them excited. Uh, And then I do prizes based on engagement. So people who are the most engaged get you know, I think I did, how many did I do this year? 18. I had 18 prizes that I gave away to the most engaged people. And that just kept them talking, kept them excited. Um, and, you know, every time someone would come into the group and share a win, there'd be a pile of other people in there and they're super excited. Or someone would go through the paid product, come in and say how much they loved it. 
then some extra sales start trickling in. So that engagement factor is great for your attendees because it keeps them moving through the content and excited to make progress, but it's also good for you and your goals for the summit. I love that. I think, I think that's really key. And I think kind of like incentivizing that engagement is really important because sometimes people just like, they need that extra push. Like they're like, they're really sitting there passively enjoying it, but they're not telling anyone about it. Yep. And you need to kind of give them that little extra push to do it. Cause I know like with our, me and my business partners joint podcast that we have, like people have like been guests and they're like, Oh my gosh, I love your show. Like I've been listening since it started, blah, blah. And I'm like, like, Why haven't you written a review? You know, like <laughs> you don't say that, but you know what I mean? Like people just passively enjoy stuff, but they don't actually like take the action. And sometimes they need that little extra push to like go ahead and do it. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, and we actually did have a Facebook community, but it ended up being really neglected. And then we felt really bad about it. So we're kind of already in the works of like figuring out what we're going to do with the Facebook group group next year getting a strategy in place so that when we do run it next year that it is like actually beneficial and a supplemental thing versus just like join this and then it sits there yeah right yeah you definitely have to have a plan for how to keep it engaged and what the goal of it is one thing I really like that you did I noticed um you had those little stories templates and I thought that was such a cute idea to get people to share like what um session they're most excited for kind of who introduced them to the summit, all that stuff. I thought that was really cool. And I thought that was a really cool way to get engagement. So yeah, I forgot about that. I might be stealing that next year. Hey, I stole it from uh, boss project. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like one of those things I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I think like, even like things like I saw a boss project doing um, the speaker takeovers on their Instagram. I was like, okay, oh, yeah. that next year, like there's just so many things that like you don't think of until you're finished and you're like, what could we have done to make it even better? And then all these things come to your mind. You're like, all right, I have like three or four things I'm ready to implement next year. So Yeah. And I think that's perfect too. Like keeping it simple the first time around and then letting yourself kind of stalk other people in a way and get some more ideas to implement. Yeah. Like once you feel like you have like a good process and stuff down, then you can add more to it. Cause at first it's definitely quite overwhelming. Even if you do have a plan, mm-hmm. it's still like something you've never done before. So it's kind of like, new and overwhelming and you're just like uh what's what's next Um, (laughs) yeah especially as a solo person I couldn't imagine like hosting this by myself because I I have I have a very good team (laughs) yeah I I can imagine I think it would be really tough so um at least having a partner or a team to kind of help you would be nice okay so like let's kind of dive into a typical timeline for preparation for a summit so what are some things that we should be doing 90 days out, 60 days out, and like 30 days out to make sure that everything's in place and that we um, are ready to rock and roll on the launch date. Yeah, so this is, I feel like it's going to be a lot to process uh, through audio, but like you said, I do recommend a minimum of a 90-day timeline. Uh, I have a written blog post, if you don't mind me mentioning it. It's just called How Long Does It Take to Plan an Online Summit? Um, So if you want this like in a written format, I have it all in there. Um, But I think days zero through 30 of your planning are just those setup phases. So you're doing things like making your initial plan, like when and what's that niche and topic going to be. You're going to be identifying and starting to connect with those potential speakers, set up those website pages we talked about, and then at at the very end of that, pitch those speakers. Yes, I want this to be like two months out from your summit, be pitching those speakers. Yeah, Um, yeah. oh, for sure. 
And then I say days 31 through 60, this is while your speakers are creating their presentations. Please give your speakers time to create their presentations. I've had uh, some people tell me that, you know, they were pitched for a summit and needed a presentation done a week later. Don't do that. Give them a month to make their presentation. And during that time, it's perfect because you can be finalizing the registration page with all the information of people who said yes. You can be setting up the product you're selling, creating an email sequence for after people opt in. You can be creating your promotion and your engagement plan for that Facebook group like we were talking about. This is a lot of prep work uh, for registration, for the sale, and uh, for engagement. Mm -hmm. um, and then days 61 through 90, a month out from your summit, you're going to do some testing. Do not skip the testing, test registration, test making a purchase, all that good stuff. Make sure all your links and your emails go where you want them to. Um, at the beginning of this timeline, the 60 to 90 days, collect your speaker material and allow time for them to be late because they will be late. Yeah. I get my speaker material three weeks early. There are still people delivering material the week before. So there's going to be late people no matter what. Just be prepared for that. And like we were talking about earlier, be prepared for someone to drop out. Um, during this time, you're also going to be promoting like crazy, getting your speakers to promote, providing them all the support they need to do that. You're going to be getting the presentation pages ready, keeping people engaged. So between the time someone signs up, even if it's three weeks before your summit starts and the time the summit starts, they need to be engaged that whole time. So they're still excited once you kick off. So you want to be paying attention to that. And then you finally kick off that live event at the end of that timeline. I feel like that was a lot, but yeah, do you, do you yeah. kind of agree? Is that kind of the process yeah, you guys yeah, did? Yeah, that's, that's what we did for sure. I mean, um, yeah, pretty much. Except for we we collected the materials um, because we did it. We actually, I, I think you, I'm not sure if you did this, but we did a like a 10, well, it was less than 10 minutes, like a little quick face-to-face -face, um, get to know them beforehand um, before, and put it before the video. So we did that. So we had them book that like right when they signed on, but that also included um, any like materials and stuff that they would be giving us. Um, so we did that a little bit earlier um, just because we knew there would be stragglers mm -hmm. and some people didn't, didn't end up booking that call until like three weeks out, but that was okay. Cause it, we didn't actually really need it. We just wanted to get that on the map um, because we we're taking those calls for only two weeks at a time. So yeah. So yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, pretty much the same timeline. Just, I, I mean, I personally liked having all that information early, but a lot of people were like, we don't have it yet. You know? So we were like, right. that's fine. No worries. Don't, don't worry about it. We'll just book it like in the back end. Just let us know what time, what works for you. And then we'll get that on there just so we have that. And then you can send us the information later. But then some people already have that because it's stuff they've been selling for forever. So it wasn't right. hard for them to kind of put that information in. So, um, I kind of liked when the time frame that we did it, but I could understand why some people were like, I don't have it yet. And I was yeah. Like, no. Oh yeah. I get some of that too. Uh, like with the, with the thing I sell, I have speakers contribute something paid and oh, some of them do make something brand new for it. And it's like, okay, someone's starting in a week. Can you get that to me? But yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's one of those things. It's like typically like you want to make something that is like kind of relevant to what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, if you don't, have time to make a brand new course. Don't do right. that. <laughs> yeah, we kind of understand that. <laughs> but yeah, awesome. Um, so lastly, before we dive into the three questions I ask everyone that comes on the show, for anyone who's considering hosting a virtual summit in the near future, what is the number one tip that you have for them to reduce overwhelm? Yeah, so I think it's so important to really take the time to sit back and think about what all is going into it. 
uh, and make yourself a process with a timeline that's reasonable for you. Um, and something about hosting your first summit is it's one of those things where you're like, oh yeah, I need to do that. Oh, and that means I have to do this and this and this and this and this. <laughs> and that just happens over and over and over. So you really want to take the time to sit and think it all out. Um, there are so many people who wing it their first time and you can tell, you can tell what events are not going smoothly. The speakers are going to talk about how they didn't have a great experience. Um, for my first one, I spent literally weeks searching for all the content I could. Uh, I was stopping other summits. I was searching for podcast episodes, which there were not very many at the time and just coming up with my own process. Um, and I sell that process now because I was able to get it so, so perfect, but it can be tough. So take your time coming up with the process that you know is going to work and then do not rush that timeline. 90 day minimum. I know in the beginning when you're all, when you're super excited, that can, it can feel like a long ways out, but you're relying on so many other people to prepare material and promote and help you out and there's just so much that goes into it so you know make your process and allow yourself plenty of time to get it done totally yeah and like you said it's not just you you need you need all these other people to come <laughs> together and collaborate and they're not always going to work on the exact same timeline that you do unfortunately yeah it's like a group project <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah and, and I like how you mentioned like you know you think of one thing and then you're like, oh my gosh, this actually means I have to do these other four things. So like something like as little that it seems as little as creating your individual speaker page. Like if you have 20 speakers, you have to create 20 of those pages. Yeah. You have to add like the link to their freebie or whatever they're offering and then their social media channels and all that stuff. And it's, it's not a simple process. Like it takes a while. So, and it's just like, there's a lot going on. So it definitely, you definitely need to have some kind of process down. I'm very lucky because I am very social media focused and my partner, Lindsay is, um, she is very tech and design focused. So we're able to kind of work on different things. I'm like, okay, you go and do this website thing. I'm going to go do this marketing stuff over yes. here. So it's nice to have like that complimentary skill set. So it's not like we're both like doing things we hate. And you know, sometimes mm -hmm. I would step in and help with like things that were not exactly my zone genius because we did have 40 speakers. Um, oh. And then sometimes she would help me with like the, the social media stuff and some yeah. things we would do together. But it was just like, yeah, it was just so beneficial because I don't, I don't know, it, I don't know what I would have done, would have done without that because it's a lot. Like yes. if you're not tech, for, tech savvy or you don't know anything about setting up websites, then you will probably need some help in that aspect. For sure. Definitely. Cool. So let's dive into the three questions that I ask everyone that comes on the show. So what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur and what is your favorite part about it? I love this question. Um, I think for me, it's like the ability to create my own rules for how I'm going to make an income. Like you can try on what feels good at any given time or follow new ideas or inspiration to kind of see what clicks, uh, whether it's for me or my audience. And I think my favorite part is just the freedom to work on when, what inspires me at any given time. Like, yes, I need to get my client work done. So I make sure I have that baseline income. But after that, like, you know, every afternoon, maybe I can work on what's inspiring and like kind of feel like what's pulling me at that time. And I just think that's such a great part of it. Yeah, I, I love that part too. I think it's so nice to be able to kind of do like what you want to do. And I mean, obviously you do what you need to do to make money, but then like you still have that creativity and that creative freedom to do kind of what you want. Like if you wanted to pivot tomorrow, you could. I mean, obviously right. that might not be the best decision for anyone, but you know, if you wanted to, you can do it. It's just having that like ability to do whatever you want to do is just so freeing. For sure. Um, and then what is your favorite tool that you use in your business? Just anything that you can think of that is just like you could not live without. 
since we're talking about summits, I'm going to bring up Deadline Funnel okay. because I feel like that is a game changer uh, for hosting summits, giving people a deadline to buy your stuff. It just increases your, your return by so much. And I think it's such a great tool. I love De Deadline Funnel. It's awesome. Um, we didn't actually use it for a summit. We were kind of like um, going more of the freer tools, but uh, we did use yeah. something called Redirection. And it worked really well because it would just redirect people to a page at like a, a certain time. But, yeah. but it, it worked. <laughs> Next year we'll probably look into that just because we're like ready to like go all in. We don't really care about for sure. at that point. But it was just like, you know, one of those things. But I use Deadline Funnel in my own business. And I think it's really cool if you're trying to sell like a course or something and you're putting a deadline on it and you don't want anyone to be able to purchase because you forgot to change it at like midnight. When you're right. <laughs> Exactly. Let's be real. Everyone's like, my course closes at 12 p.m. Standard time, and if you're sleeping, like you're not gonna wake up just to close the course. So something like right. that makes it so easy. <laughs> and then lastly, who is your go-to business resource? Just someone that always puts out content that is something that you're always inspired by, and things like that. James Wedmore is what it would have to be for me. I love his podcast, Mind Your Business. I'm in his Business by Design program. That guy just has. Really? He just has such amazing stuff constantly. And I like, there are times when I just have to stay awake because it's too good and I just need to focus. But right, right. Yeah, his podcasts are always really great. Yeah, we're at, I, I signed up in October, so I'm, I'm pretty recent. Me too. Okay, cool. I signed up under Tyler. Me so, too. <laughs> are you going to the event next week? No, I'm not. Aww, okay. <laughs> yeah, me and my friend are going, so we're excited. But yeah, it, that was like a really good bonus to like have all those people. And yeah. I'm like, wow, this is going to be like a wealth of knowledge. I am ready to like soak up all of it. For sure. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Can you just share your website and your social channels and all that? Yeah. So you guys can find me over at summitinabox.co and you can find me on Instagram at summitinabox. Awesome. Thanks for being here today. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode dash 101. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Media Babes community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more. See you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.